Blog Talk Radio. Yourself, sir. 
anyway, but it's one of my favorite shirts. And so they do all kinds of things. It goes beyond shirts. It goes beyond um, Vanessa does painting, Gwen does all kinds of um, banners. I mean, it just goes way beyond their books. So we could probably do a whole other show on their company that they have. We can do a whole other show on that, you know, because she just they just do so many things. So one of the things that they've been able to do is they've been able to travel to Ireland and they were able to do a first document document series on um, called Hidden Gem. They're going to kill me because I can't talk. And then I have Tracy Ann. Now, Tracy Ann is a registered nurse. She's on the front lines. So she's a registered nurse by day, paranormal investigator by night. So she's also on the show. She is the creator of the Boo Bench Paranormal Team and our upcoming event in April of 2022. And then, of course, you have to be. But anyway, we don't need to talk about me because I do my show every week. So let me get my guests on because I, I want them each to tell a little bit about themselves so that y'all will know what we have here. Now, Stephanie, wait, before I, before I do that, Stephanie is also going to be, oh, my God, I almost forgot. So you're not put talk about Stephanie. Stephanie Putnick is also going to be at our event, but unfortunately she was not able to make it on our show tonight because she's watching Baby, and it's so cute. She put them on Facebook in nursery. But anyway, it was just so cute. All you see is babies. So she is also a psychic medium, paranormal investigator. So it's very exciting to have these three ladies come to this event in April of 2022. Um, they're special guests of what we're doing, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So with that said, I'm going to pull everybody off the beat. That's my little sound effect. I can't talk. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling for words. That's, you see me? I wrote, that's okay. I wrote it all, it's so funny because I wrote it all down, and I was like, okay, and I was sitting here reviewing what I wrote down, and then I'm like, really? Why do I have to stumble they for words to be tonight of all night? What? So I, maybe maybe I, you need to test some words for me, Jerry. Yeah, I know, right? It's like... How do I stumble like that? <laughs> well, that's okay. Hi, Vanessa. That is Hi, totally Lynn. fine. Hello. Yeah, I might... Hi, I might as well be like, blah, 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 blah. Is that, you know? <laughs> is, is Gwen on yet? I'm here. Gwen is on. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, well Julie, do you want us to each to take a minute and just do a summation? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna have Tracy start off so that she could kind of like talk a little bit about how the Boo Bitches Paranormal oh. Team came about. Is what I was okay. what I was gonna start off. Oh, so okay. Tracy. So Read. one day a while back, I was skimming over Facebook and I was stalking your Facebook, Jerry, and you were wearing this cute little T-shirt that said Boo Bitch or something on it. It had this little ghost. It was real cute. And I went on about my day. I didn't think much. I was like, oh, that's cute, sir. But I was laying in bed, and I was thinking. And that, you know, when you're in bed or you're in the shower thinking, stuff comes. You know, it just happens. And hey. I, what if we had an all-women paranormal investigation? I thought, wow, how cool would that be to have an all-female team 
to investigate. And then, of course, you know, you start thinking as you're laying there, what if Boo Bitches could be the name? And what if it could go into being a bigger group of women that could be women from all over the, the nation or international that joined in to Boo Bitches to represent female representation in the paranormal in a powerful and positive way. And then I thought, what if we could help other women who might not be able to represent in a powerful way yet? And then everything just kind of was, I, I really think it was spirit, just put it in my lap that said, contact Dennis, see if we can get the cabin. I called Jerry. We started talking about it. The next thing I know, Dennis is like, okay, you need Gwen and Vanessa and Stephanie. I'm talking to them with Jerry. And the main tribe, the head council of Bubik is formed in like a day. A day. Well, I've always believed that if something's supposed to happen, it's pretty easy. It's not a struggle. It just falls into place. And, and Ryan donated the cabin. We came up with a date for the, the last uh, weekend in April, beginning April 30th and May 1st. So we're there for the Beltane holiday. Uh, the cabin got donated. We were able, after some, some uh, communication with Jerry, to get Safe Harbor uh, Women's Shelter on board with us for the donations and, and education for the investigators that are coming. And we had an event. That's how it all unfolded. That's pretty cool, I would. Pretty cool, yep, and pretty quickly too. I mean, it was like instant. You know, we we talked about it next day. It was the next day we were talking to Dennis, and it was done within a week. We were all assembled. It was like Avengers right. assemble. Okay. <laughs> That's right. And that is totally awesome. No, excuse me. Oh, it sounds You're like something's growling. It does. <laughs> well, there's, there's yeah, growling. I heard that. I'm yeah, like, oh, I heard the that. The guy in the basement is already here. Hi, Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> He's waiting for us already. Well, I I'm I'm, was just talking to my husband about the fact that the cabin, or not the cabin, the Rick Rancher had been rented by a dog groomer. And we all kind of giggled because it was, um, you know, dogs are not going to go in that building willingly. They're just not. This is not and, uh, going to last. No, I don't think Mm-mm. that the, the ranch is occupied by the time we get there in May. I, I, just, yeah. I don't think it will be father. <laughs> I, I don't wish yeah. anything ill on, on anybody's business, but just knowing what I know with animals and how intuitive they are, as a matter of fact, I even cover that in my book. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to go well. No, and uh, there hasn't been a business in there or in the cabin that has been successful to this point. Um, and the guy who was in the in the brick rancher prior to the the insurance guy, didn't he go a little nuts? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I oh think dear, a little crazy. Well, yeah, I would think you know, I would think he would after well after a while. I mean, but I I just don't foresee, you know, it it might rent, but I really don't foresee people staying in it. So I really think it's meant to remain paranormal. That's just that's just me. 
But, you know, people have to <laughs> find I'll out. I'll try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there anybody else here in the clinic? Huh? Is anybody else here in the electrical Yeah, there's some static going in the line. Hmm. I promise I it's not me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's me. Um that normally happens when we start talking about things like that with the cabin or, you know, like last time I had Dennis on one of my shows, the line stacked up so bad I couldn't keep them on. Mm-hmm. It typically happens whenever Vanessa and I are on the same interview. It tends to happen a lot. Pretty much. Y'all are fired. Okay, I got <laughs> to throw this out there. Gwen, congratulations on your new book, Embracing My Strange and Being an Amazon Top 100 author. Congratulations, girl. Thank you very Hell much. I was, yes. um, I was very, very uh, ne- uh, nervous and anxious about this whole ordeal. For It's been uh, a monkey on my back for five years. <laughs> <laughs> I never doubted it for a second. I knew she was going to be a success. Well, when I get a Anyone that's ever yeah. met Gwen Wait. knows that. I'm going to buy some autograph copies. And I want to talk to you guys about writing a book from the nurse's perspective through COVID. Oh, absolutely. We we uh, we accept all genres. We're not just paranormal. We're not just we accept all genres. Well, we are going to talk exactly right. There's some, there's some funny stuff that has to be oh, told. I I can only imagine. Um, luckily, I did not have to serve on the front line through COVID. Um, my heart goes out and my hat goes off to everybody who has, but I did serve a little over 20-something years as an EMT, and I've seen enough crazy to last a lifetime, so I can only imagine <laughs> what you guys have seen. Oh, well, you should work in dentistry during all this. Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I found my first actual gray hair two weeks ago. And the, and, 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 and the SOB was curly, too, sticking straight out of my forehead, right there at my hairline. And I'm like, you know what? This is a Rona curl. This is a Rona gray hair curl. A Rona curl. Not a Jerry yes. curl, a Rona curl. No, it's a Rona curl, you know? And I'm like, this is... Yeah, well, I mean, I, this is, I mean, I've had them in my eyebrows and everything, which is ridiculous. Let's just go ahead and say it. I'm yeah. Wilford Brimley, Brimley all up in here, but that damn hair was about <laughs> five inches long, clear as a bell, and and curly like like nobody's business. And I'm like, I, no, no. <laughs> Rona hair. We're not doing that. And that was that was dentistry during the Rona. I give up. That is like, are you for real right now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm about done. So getting back to my topic about boo bitches. I'm not even sure. I'm hoping one of you guys do we have left. Ten? Not even that many. I don't think. No, not that many. If we went by what was originally going to be our number, we sold out in days. Yes. I know. 
we, so exciting. Yeah. We decided to add on to give people the opportunity in case it came up. But technically speaking, with our original number of 20 tickets, we sold out in a matter of days. Oh, yeah, oh, we did. Yes, so yes ma'am. Right. And I don't think we're going to have yeah. any problems selling the last 10 tickets either. I really don't. No, and even even if we did, we we hit our mark of what we absolutely wanted yes. to do. And we hit yes. that with, I think it was within four days that we sold out. Yeah. Yeah. So it, 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 it was it was rather quick. Yes. See, not a lot of people can say that, you know, which I think is amazing. <laughs> I think it's amazing yeah. for the you know the the cause and and you know where all the proceeds are going to because all the proceeds are are going to the cause for the fundraiser, which I think Absolutely. is amazing. Um, Absolutely. Car for a little bit. Tell us about your process. Safe Harbor. Oh, well, Safe Harbor, we just, we just, I just pretty much, um, we were playing phone tag, but we finally got a hold of this lady, Mary, at Safe Harbor. And, you know, I mean, they're on board with everything. They um, are glad that we chose them as our place to donate to. They do have a website, which I believe I posted on the Boo Bitch um, page, where you can actually click on their link, and their website is very easy to navigate. So, like, if you want to buy something off of Amazon, for instance, for it to go to Safe Harbor, the shelter, you can do that. If you want to make donations, you can just hit their donation button and do that. So what I found using their website is that it was very, very easy to navigate it. Um, it's not a difficult a difficult website to navigate. So if people wanted to start doing stuff, something like that now, they actually could because all you do is click on the link and it has different things that you could shop for. You know, it's like a wish list for Safe Harbor pretty much. So they have like exactly. a wish list. Going. Well, that's a great so way cool. for some of the judges and the event, but also donate to help too because I know – like, you know, Gene Wells and some of the other guys from um, Virginia Paranormal, the Commonwealth Paranormal, wanted to be involved somehow, and that would be an amazing way for them to jump on board and to help out. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Just, just for the listeners, so we can make sure that they understand what Safe Harbor is, Jerry, can you go into a little bit more detail as to what that organization actually does yeah, and so that people can understand where their money is going to when they donate? Yeah, it's for it's for domestic violence. Um, it's a shelter for uh, women of domestic violence, and so they provide, of course, a shelter for women that are going through domestic violence issues. And they, you know, it's not really. I mean, safe harbors who are mostly safe harbors who we're going to all our money is going to go to, but there's a lot of domestic violence shelters out there. But they go beyond yep. that. They do education. Um, they come out and they do, if you was to, if you wanted to do an event, they actually come out, they set up a table, and they do talk about domestic violence to help women because there are so many people in that situation, and a lot of times they feel alone, and they feel like that there's no way out. So, you know, it helps to always be able to know that there's contact people out there that you can, you know, help educate you with. So, exactly. I mean, I was, I'm, and I mean, I've it, done some work in shelter. You know, I, I've, I've one of the reasons that I was 
I'm sorry? No, please go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, one of the reasons that I was so excited to do it was because I've, I've personally been in that situation, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I talked about it briefly uh, in Diary of a Psychic Loser Magnet. That was something that I actually went through uh, with somebody that I was with for over six years. And hindsight for most people or an outward view for most people, it's very cut and dried. Leave. Everybody always says, oh, why doesn't she just leave? You know, or why doesn't she do this? Or why doesn't she do that? And the fact of the matter is when you go through a tremendous amount of, especially for me, especially mental and emotional abuse, by the time you really start to see the person for what they are, you're so broken down that you you don't think there's any way in the world you could possibly survive. It's almost like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. And so I, I, got, I got real lucky in how my situation turned out. Um, I basically found my balls. I didn't know where they were for a long time. And then when I found them, they were big and they were brass, and I was able to fight back. But a lot of women don't, they, they don't reach that point and then it's too late. So for, to have places like Safe Harbor and other places that are, that are willing to, to help somebody do the legwork right. to get themselves out of that horrible, absolutely horrible situation is, I think, something that we all need to support, you know, yeah. men yes. and women alike. We're doing a female investigation and, and, and um, event, yes. But that does not mean that men out there can't donate to these places as well. Maybe their mother was abused. Maybe their sister was being abused. Maybe their aunt was abused. We all know someone who has either been a victim of, been a witness of, or know somebody that it's happened to. And we need to get that out there and, and tell people that they need to participate. The thing That's that I right. noticed when I was working when I was working as a police officer, um, I typically was tagged, if you will, with a lot of the domestic cases. I was the only female on my department, so I got tagged with a lot of domestic cases because most of them, as you can imagine, were female victims. And the last person a female wants to speak with is a male officer. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, we're all trained the same, but. I have even noticed as a female officer, not all male officers, but I noticed in the area that I was in the demeanor of some of the male officers. It's not welcoming. They turn to victim blame and right. victim shame. You know, it's, it's, it's not welcoming at all. And mm-hmm. my thing when I would get these victims alone and speak with them, they had all one common denominator. And it was the conditioning of the victim. It may oh, not yes. have been. It may not have necessarily been physical abuse, but it was more mental abuse. These oh, yeah. women were conditioned to believe they would be nothing. Most of these women were out of the workforce for so long. They had no training. They had no school. They had no skills. They had no way to mm-hmm. obtain a job. These are things that people who know nothing about it are quick to judge on. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, there's other factors 
that are involved in why they stay with them for so long. This is one of the things that, that's in play with this. What it takes is for somebody with resources, good example, a police officer, to step in and say, I hear you. Not I'm not not not, not I'm listening. You know, right. you can listen to somebody. We all have ears and and right. as long as you have your your ability to hear, you know, you can hear, but are you listening to what they are telling you? Mm-hmm. You have to listen to what they are telling you. And if they're telling you, I haven't worked outside the home in six, seven, eight years. I've stayed at home and raised the children. You know, I can't wear this. I can't have friends. I can't. That is isolation. That is conditioning. That is mm-hmm. a problem. It's a yeah. huge red flag. Okay. That right there, they have no self-worth. They are identified as so-and-so's mom. They are identified as so-and-so's wife. They have no identity. They have no self-worth. They feel like that is their only function, and without it, they are nothing. That is what's beaten into their heads. That's what I went through with my first husband. I was Ashlyn's mom or Mark's wife. I didn't have a name. I was, bitch, Mm -hmm. get me a beer. You know, he, he took my car and had it crushed into a cube, put it in the garage with a bow on it, so I couldn't go anywhere. Yep. You know, yep. took all of my credit cards, so, my checkbooks, my bank accounts down, so the only money I had was what he gave me, and I better show a receipt for every penny. Exactly. You know, so what, was, so would you say what, what I'm saying is, is correct? Absolutely. So what I did with all of that when I finally was able to get away from him and divorce him was I thought, how can I take this horrible experience and make better? And I actually went and became a domestic violence counselor, and I was the one that went to the hospital anytime a domestic was called or a rape was, was committed, and I stayed with the victim, the survivor, as I prefer to call them, right. and I made sure that they were treated honorably, respectfully, by police and fire, by hospital staff, that the same nurse was invited in to do the uh, rape kits and that they were done properly, and then to see them over to our local shelter to make sure that they were safe. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many of the abusers would show up in the emergency room and have to go toe-to-toe with me because I wasn't letting them in the room. And right. it was, I've been attacked in parking lots. I have, you know, I feel real sorry for the guys that tried that because bring it. But <laughs> I'm a mama bear. I protect my, my clan real well. And, uh, you know, at that point, I wasn't armed. I think that was God's intervention. I wasn't armed because I probably would have shot a few of them right point blank. Dead. <laughs> but I had to take that situation to make it better and turn it around to learn to help. And that's one of the reasons why domestic violence is so close to my heart. And to, you know, we have questions that we have to ask of every patient in the hospital. Do you feel safe at home? Um, mm-hmm. Are you in are you and your partner compatible? Do you have your own finances? I mean, we have to ask these questions because it's law. Because of yeah. domestic violence victims finally coming forward, speaking out and saying, if someone would have asked me. The next thing we're really watching for is human sex trafficking. And mm-hmm. that's the ones that are like is coming over from Europe or people being forced to work in the field and they're getting their passports taken away. And so we're looking, we're right. looking for in the nursing field. And I wish it was taken more seriously because a lot of people will just graze over those questions and not give a, a victim a chance to really say anything, you know, and they won't with their with their abuser in the room. 
Mm-hmm. But the one thing I thought we can help with was if women band together to help and service women, we can create a national tribe that can allow women, if they see a woman at a local event wearing a boo bitch t-shirt and they recognize what it is and the, the platform that we support, that if they are in danger, they can come to us and they can tell us their story. We can put them in the back seat of our car with their kids and take them to a shelter and get them out if that's what they need. Or we can, oh, them the we can, we can give them, you know, contact information but I'd like to see boo bitches do events all over the nation, you know, New Orleans, Las Vegas, wherever we can go, where we can do an investigation and bring more women in on helping and serving other women so that those of us that have survived can help those that are in the situations we're talking about that don't think there's any other option for them. Well, and you, you just, just touched it. on an extremely important part there is they need to see women who have been in that position rise out of it as an example. They need to exactly. see that. Yeah. They absolutely have to yeah. see that because we can tell people, and I'm not saying that women that have never been through it don't have a voice. By no means am I saying that. But there is a different, there's a, there's a different vibe from a woman who has, who has been kicked so low that when she rises from those ashes, she shines just a little bit differently. And women who are still in that pit see that shine, and, and it gives them hope in a way. And it, I, it's, I mean, I, you could – go ahead. I also know um, – or I just want to touch on this, but I also know of women who are still in these situations we're talking about People are like, well, why don't they get out that are still in these situations? They're aware that they're being controlled. They're becoming more wise to the game, if you will, the narcissistic tendencies, the manipulation. The problem is, and I have seen this, again, I was an officer, so I I, I can give my opinion on this because I did the job. Okay, so I don't want want anybody jumping on, well, you don't know. Excuse you. Yes, I do. Um, I have I have seen this, okay? Uh-huh. I've seen it firsthand. It depends on where you are, what type of law enforcement you have, if anything is done. Oh, honey, preach. I will um, say that. Yeah. I will go toe-to-toe uh-huh. with anybody, anywhere, any day, and tell it to your face. I, I had the recordings. It. Mm-hmm. I don't care I, who you are. If you yep. are in a good old boy system, chances oh, yeah. are it's going to be looked over until somebody turn up dead. I had yeah. the recordings. I had the text messages. I had everything threatening my life in grave detail once I had finally gotten away. I took all of that information to our local police department where I live now, which I won't live in 17 days. Hallelujah. And, um, <laughs> yes, um, I took all of that, all of that to the local police department, and they said, well, has he physically hurt you? Yeah, what and I said, to today, to yeah, I said, that's exactly what happened. I said, today, no, and they said, well, he's got to hurt you. 
first. And he had, granted, I already had him out of my place. He was threatening to come on my property and shoot me. Okay, you don't have to stand close to somebody to kill them with a gun. We all know that. I'm not stupid. I'm a southern woman. I've been shooting since I was six. I know how far you can stand away from somebody and kill them, which means you ain't touching them. Okay? And, yeah, they said, sorry. They wouldn't even file a report. And I had all of the documentation right there. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed my kid, and we left We left the state for seven days. I hope I until I you. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, it's a it fact. needs to be taken. It's <laughs> it is slowly. It is slowly has gotten the domestic violence laws slowly. I will give credit where yeah. credit is due. Slowly have gotten better, but they leave so much more, so much more to be desired. Stalking laws are not taken seriously. Stalking is not taken seriously. Um, any type of um, uh, court orders. If somebody has a restraining order on somebody, it's nothing more than a piece of paper. They can yep. walk right through that restraining order and pop a cap in somebody. It's, it happens exactly. all the time. If somebody is dangerous enough, if there is enough evidence and if there is a history of domestic violence, and there is enough evidence for somebody to obtain a restraining order on a male or female. Does not matter. Nope. That person needs something else needs to be done other than a piece of paper because something really bad is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They're going to end up like Gabby. You know, I mean, exactly. And guess what? There are millions of Gabbies that we know nothing about. Exactly. Exactly. You know. It's like you've, you've seen it all over social media. There's 710 indigenous women missing from the same area over a no, relatively short period of time. You don't hear anything about it. Said. Nope. nope. Heaven forbid. Nope. I posted that today. Yeah. Um, the thing is, society does this, and they don't realize it. And it's it's part of the conditioning that happens not just with the abusers, but it's with the holier than thous as well. And you see this all over social media. You see this one particular post. Well, in my day, things, if they yeah, were right. broken, we, we, we fixed them. We didn't just walk away. All right, yeah, Pops, mm-hmm. in 1920 when you were married to your wife and you were cheating on her and beating her and throwing the chili in her face and everything else, of course she bowed down mm-hmm. to you because that's what women mm-hmm. did in the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. Guess what? And here's a question. We don't bow anymore. Well, not only that, right. but here's a question. In your day, Pops, did you have an app to put on a cell phone to track your significant other so you could stalk her and kill her? Bingo. Oh, that's right. There's a thing called technology now. Uh-huh. It's called yeah. adaptation. We have to start thinking. We have to start realizing. It's just like saying, oh, when, it went, when I was my kid's age, guess what? We're not our kid's ages anymore. Jerry and I exactly. were talking about different this time. earlier. Yeah. It's a totally different time predators. now. Our children are yeah. more accessible to people all over the world, and many parents are so blind to it that it's nauseating. Oh, please, yeah. thank you for mentioning that. If I could – I have two things to say here. One, what y'all just said, parents – For the love of whatever deity you pray to, please stop posting pictures of your kids in front of their elementary, junior high, or high school. 
where it yeah. shows the school's name, where they're holding a poster that talks about their teacher and their name. Please, Please stop. stop doing that. That is what predators look for. Please stop putting the stickers on the back of your car that show a mom and five kids and no dad and a bunch of dogs. Please stop doing that. Every police department in the country will educate you on what predators look for. That was what I had to say on that. Second thing I have to say for any men who are listening, please understand that we are not man bashing by any stretch of the imagination. Every one of us women on this show know very good men, very Mm -hmm. good men who would lay down their lives for us. If you are not the type of person we are speaking of, please become as angry as we are that nothing is ever done about it. That's all we ask. And if That's all we ask. If your partner, your daughter, your neighbor comes to you and says, he hit me, he raped me, listen to them without judgment and proceed. I, I want to say with caution, but I want to say proceed with empathy. You'll never yeah. experience rape the way a woman will experience rape. I know men have been raped. I know that, that men, women on men violence occurs. I know men on men, men, on men violence, violence occurs. occurs. Yep. And, and, and violence occurs. Yep. But if someone comes to you and says, this happened to me, believe them. Listen yep. to them and help them get help. Don't just say, oh, well, what were you wearing that night? Were you drunk? You probably deserved it. Oh, okay. If I hear another person say, well, what was she wearing? Or read any more commentary about Gabby's little outfit. I mean, No, I saw the best post ever. I saw the best post ever, Tracy, on that. Let's say, because, you know, I'm me, and let's say I was dating, and I went home with a guy and he was drunk. Does that mean I can take his TV? his stereo, his car, all the money out of his wallet, anything that was in that house, does that mean I can take that because he was drunk? He might have said no, but did he really mean it? Am I (laughs) sure he meant no? (laughs) You know what? I don't – I think I think he was just toying with me. I think he was totally okay with what I did. I, I yeah. know if, didn't mean no. If she's drunk, no. if she's inebriated, if she's high, if she, those are not consent. No. I can, I can tell you this. Consent. I can tell you this. When I was 19 years old and was raped, I was at home. I was at my friend's house asleep in a bed by myself. And I woke up to being raped by mm-hmm. somebody they had led in the house. And they left. I was not drunk. I was in flannel jammies. Not anything sexy about that image whatsoever. In a bedroom by myself. And I woke up to being raped. So people need to get that image out of their head that, oh, she was asking for it. You know what? I don't give a shit if a woman has had 100 partners. If she told no. you no and you're yeah. 101, guess what? You raped her. 
Even if it stop. starts yeah. off consensual and in the middle she changes her mind, no, we means no, you need to stop. Yeah, yep. I don't know if you yeah. I have an eighteen year old son, he knows that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have a chance to read my statement that I posted about when I was raped at sixteen. Yeah. Um, I don't think I saw it. I did. Um, I was wearing a Madrigal's costume, which is a full Elizabethan court costume with hoops and fur to my neck and my wrists. And this costume was like 40 pounds of fabric. There was no anything in there showing that said, take me. And yeah. the ride offered from the Madrigal dinner ended me being raped in a parking lot tatters and my body being ripped to tatters i mean i still go to doctors today and they're like what happened to you the scarring is is horrific what happened to you i was told i was never going to have children thank god i finally was able to have one you know ashland's a pride and joy in my life but i i can't begin to tell you i wasn't asking for it <laughs> yeah and i might no. have had a crush on that boy and i might have wanted to date that boy but i never said i want this Please, take me in the front seat of your car. Yes, this would be great. I never said that. I said, stop. I just want to go home. You offered me a ride. I accepted. I trusted you. And the next thing you know, I'm a hot freaking mess. When I went to school after a week of being off for injuries, um, when I got back to school, I had a football player come up to me and said, I heard you have the tightest (laughs) in the world. I'm going to get me a piece of that mortified the whole school knew and they all thought that i'd just given it up to this boy my own cousin is his Uh. best friend still won't believe when i tell him your best friend raped me oh Uh. no he didn't you asked for it to this day he says you asked for it who asked for their body to be violated in such a fashion that it almost keeps them from having children? I think people need to pull, excuse my French, but their heads out of their ass and start to realize how women are being treated. We are still, to this day, 2021, for the most part, second-class citizens in somebody else's property. And that shit needs to change, and it needs to change and in a hurry. Able to have control of our bodies, fighting to be paid equally, fighting for equal rights. One of the biggest things, and I keep telling my husband, I think I need to run for public office, is we need more female representation in our Senate, in our Congress, in our in, in our House of Representatives. We need more women to come forward and be lawmakers, so that well, you don't think an 86-year-old man knows what you need to do with your body? Come on. doesn't even know what a period is. He doesn't even know what to do with his own body. So no, I mean, he, needs to, he needs to get his mind off oh, of mine. But wait, he can have Viagra. So mm-hmm. I, asked, I asked this in a meeting once. I was working for Motorola Corporate in Schaumburg, Illinois. And the women didn't have birth control available to them on their benefits package. But Viagra was covered. And I asked yep, the, yeah. the board, and I said, if you're going to cover a man's ability to have an erection and use it against me, why can't I have birth control covered as well? And the, mm-hmm. the 86-year-old man, I'm head of you know, the charge of, in head, I can't even talk, I'm so pissed off, um, in charge of benefits said, well, can't you just go get a condom? Can't said, he? Me, sir. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
So they finally um, well, program. But it's like why in 20, it was 2020? No, 2002. Why was I still fighting for women to be able to have equal rights to birth control? If you can have an erection, I should be able to prevent what comes from that. Go one yeah. better. Mm-hmm. If, if getting pregnant is God's will, so is erectile dysfunction. So is limp dick, yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to tell you people. There you go. If you can't get it up, dude, that's God's will. I don't know what to tell you. That's God's will. Real sorry. But I just, I just want to touch on two points real quick. When y'all were talking about if somebody comes to some, you know, come, comes to you or somebody saying that you know I've been hit or I've been raped or I've been, you know, something has happened. The best thing anybody could ever do is be empathetic, as you were saying, Tracy, and to go ahead and say, you know what, let me take you somewhere. Take them to the nearest police station. You sit yes. with them. You sit that process out while the paperwork is being done, while the counselor comes in, while they're being evaluated. That's the best thing well, they you can do. You don't Right. You don't have to you don't you don't have to direct some people are like I don't want to get involved. You don't have to directly get involved. But you can be a little human about it. It doesn't cost you a thing right. except for maybe a few hours of your time, and you may have just saved a life. Okay. Exactly. Can I, can it, I touch base on it, something for the men? Yeah. Locker room talk. Stop it. If someone says, oh, yeah, I just grabbed her by the pussy, you turn around and say, you're a fucking asshole. Call yeah. these people on the carpet, and you toe the line of proper decorum, and you let them know. That's not acceptable. If this is your best friend, you need to have a serious talk with your best friend about what's acceptable and what's not. If you see your buddy picking up on somebody in the bar and he drops something in her drink, reach over and spill her drink and knock your friend in the fucking head because that is ridiculous behavior. Pardon my French. That is ridiculous behavior. Men need to hold other men accountable, not pat them on the back and say, oh, yeah, you got some poo-tang. Woo, dude. No. That's not well, not only that, but... It, but if you're sitting there and you're watching your buddy drop drugs and somebody's drink and you don't say or do anything, guess what? You're an accomplice. Yep. Yes, you are. <laughs> a matter of fact, um, when I was 18 years old, I was, yes, I was in a bar. So everybody pick your jaw up off the floor. I was in a bar. It was after <laughs> a, a modeling show. Um, I was 18 years old. And an entire bar watched a guy beat me within an inch of my life and it took him less than five minutes to do it jesus and then he ran out the door uh i was itty bitty five five one and a half five two a buck 20 soaking wet and he beat me within an inch of my life i have back problems to this day because of that not a no. Bouncer now, now the bouncers at the club that he act, that he uh, really unfortunately shouldn't have said to one of his friends as he was running out that he was going to, they did. They were waiting for him, and that's all I know, and that's all I'm going to say. The people there at the bar did not. It, it, in their defense, it did happen fast, but it doesn't take anything if you have a man yelling at a woman in the Walmart parking lot. To walk up to her and say, oh, my God, girl, it has been ages since I've seen you. Come here, give me a hug. And whisper in her ear, do you need help? 
and let her yeah. respond. Because if she needs help, now there's two against one. And I guarantee True, yeah. the one that's going to end up in the ICU is not going to be either the two of us. And I've done this. No. I've walked up to strangers and just been, oh, my God, and they don't know me, but I've already got them in a hug. Girl, are you okay? Do you need help? I mean, the woman boohooing in the bar. Are you okay? Can I help you? What's going on? It doesn't take but a second of your time to ask. Mm-hmm. Do you need help? I had two young ladies at a homeless shelter, and this was very recently. Um, the hospital I worked at did a, a hand and foot clinic for the homeless where we would wash their feet, we would trim their nails, we would just make sure that all our diabetics were okay. But it gave us a chance to sit down with our homeless community and touch base on their physical issues, their mental issues. Uh, have they seen a doctor? Are they taking their medications properly? Uh, when did you eat last? Where are you staying? How are you doing with your drug treatment? I mean, basic comment, you know, just conversations. And we built trust with these folks. Well, I had two young ladies, both of them under the age of 18, come into my clinic. And I sat down with them, sitting there getting ready to put their feet in the, in the hot, soapy water bucket. The gentleman that was with them came by and took their shoes, their purses, their phones, and he walked off. And I immediately triggered, that ain't right. That ain't right. And I got the girls alone. I said, oh, you know, hey, would you guys like a manicure too? Why don't you come in back with me real quick and pick your color? So when I got done with their feet, they came in and they picked the color. And I said, ladies, when's the last time each one of you have talked to your mom? Who's that fella out there with you? Is that your pimp? Are you guys okay? Do you need help? One of them stormed off and the other one burst into tears. The one that burst into tears was telling me everything I needed to know. By the time I got done talking to her, we had police Springfield PD on the scene. He was arrested, and one of those girls returned home. The other one was his mark that helped pick the girls they were going to take. Right there in Springfield. I got one of them home and two of them arrested. Pay attention. Ask. Yes. You need help. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. But that's that's what I wanted to. That's that's what I wanted to point to point out when somebody goes to somebody to tell them this thing. And I've seen it. I I know about it personally. When somebody comes to you, I had a loved one come to me to tell me something had happened to them, and the person that did it to them was a, another individual that I never in a million years would have thought would have done something like this. And that you may come across something like that, that someone's going to come to you and say, oh, well, so-and-so did this, and you're going to be like, oh, no, they wouldn't do that. Never say never. You don't know. It is a proven statistic that a high percentage, a high percentage of these victims, survivors, know their assailants of rape, Mm -hmm. when they are raped, when they are assaulted. ma'am. So when somebody comes to you and says, oh, uncle so-and-so did this or cousin so-and-so or my stepfather or whoever, don't sit mm-hmm. there and disregard what they're telling you. You don't know you weren't there. Best thing you can do is to take that individual, go to the nearest police department. Don't mm-hmm. say a word. Um, don't pass go. Don't collect $200. You take that right. person and you go straight to the police department. And I, I can't 
go straight to the emergency room where police will be called while they are in safety in the ER. I I can't say what the situation is about, um, ladies. I, I will I will go into more detail later, but let me just say that um, I found out today that oh, Lord. some somebody that um, that me and some of my other friends know who tried to get help, um, and that help wasn't coming. Um, they're no longer with us. Oh, so oh my gosh. That uh, we just found out today. So that's all I can say. So for anyone out there listening that thinks that we're making such a big deal of this, um, that it, it doesn't it happen feels. like people think it does, this happens every day, every hour, every this minute. Is Somebody you know. Yes, somebody you know is being beaten, belittled, raped, or humiliated. And I want you to think about that being you or that being your daughter or your mother. Would you want somebody to step in? And sometimes, bless us all, we try as hard as we can to do the right thing, and it still has a, a, a horrific outcome. But you at least got to try. You yep. at least got to try. When you, you try when you see somebody with a black try. eye, please try. Yep. And if it's your best friend and she keeps going back to him, but she keeps coming to you beat up, keep trying. Keep yep. trying because she might be the one link that saves her life. When she shows up at your doorstep at 3 in the morning saying, help me, Open the damn door. Call the police. Help her. Mm-hmm. Or him. Help him. Yep. But don't stop trying. Don't give up on trying because it takes, it, on average, it takes an abused and battered woman about 15 visits to the hospital and just yep. as many visits to the police station before they finally find the gumption to take that leap. And I've helped women that have gotten out of the house, and the only thing they were able to grab were their kids. They didn't have clothing. They didn't have shoes. They didn't have car keys. They didn't have their purse. I had one poor woman who had the abuser called her while she was in the emergency room, and he tortured and killed her dog over the phone and made her Oh, my God. They will do anything they can to make you come back, whether it be your kids threatening to take your kids, whether it be cleaning out your checkbook, whether it be threatening your family, these people are ruthless and will do anything they can to keep their victim right where they want them. Mm-hmm. Because it's and not I, and domestic I, abuse isn't about the the abuse; it's about power. Right. And they yep. Yep. control. Stay in power and in control. So, if yep. she comes to you on the seventh time and turns around and goes home, pray. If she comes to you on the 17th time and she's finally ready, be glad, A, she's there for the 17th time to still be alive yeah. to come to you, and B, get her the help when she's ready to get it. But it takes time. They have to learn they're, they're a victim. They have to learn about the cycle of, of, of violence and abuse. Oh, baby, baby, I'm so sorry. I'll never do it again. Flowers and presents. And then all of a sudden, look what you made me do as he punches her in the face 20 times. And you If know, I you had a dollar. Done, 
You wouldn't make me so angry. If you, oh, it's your fault. It takes so much time to get back to old oh, baby, baby. But the cycle will always continue because it's a cycle of power. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when they finally are ready to break that cycle, be the person that will help. Make it known to yeah. your friends, your family, your loved ones, your coworkers that you are a safe harbor, that they yeah. can come yep. to you at 2 in the morning. They can call you and say, I'm at the end of the street. I got my kids. I know it's in the middle of the night and it's snowing, but we don't have anything, and we finally got away from it. Go get in your car. Get them. Right. Get them. Yeah. Go get them. This is why Boo Bitches and the domestic violence platforms is so immensely important because this is happening to your neighbor behind closed doors right now. This is happening to your daughter right now. This is happening to your auntie right now. Your grandma probably lived through this. Yep. This is so important that it become a national program. And I would love to see Boo Bitches become the national program so that we, you walk into an event wearing one of our T-shirts, the men know they need to be on point and respectful. And I can't tell you how many investigations I've been on where somebody there tried to have some handsies on with one of the girls in the dark. They oh, yeah, I've, I have heard yeah. of that. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. The men, for some reason, being in the dark and, and hanging out, it, all of a sudden it becomes a sex party. No, that's not what paranormal investigating is about. Keep your hands off me. If one I want to go ahead and go on record. Yeah? I want to go ahead and go on record that if I'm ever at an investigation, a co-ed <laughs> investigation, and some Tom or Dick that's hairy decides that this is the time. This is the time he's going to grab him a chunk of Vanessa. Brother, be prepared because you are going to pull back a bloody fucking stump. Don't think for a moment I don't know because I will take out your damn kneecap quicker than you know how to say boo bitches. Well, Van, Uh I can assure you, I can assure you that if somebody else and you know who I'm talking about is there with us, um, oh, we're going to be the least of their concerns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ladies, ladies, just so y'all know, if you are being attacked by somebody, I do understand that there are all kinds of things that people can do. By all means, check out your, uh, your local um, self-defense courses. Hell, look it up on YouTube. Figure out how to do it. But I'm going to give you a tip right now. I don't care how big or how strong the guy is. You take out a kneecap, yep, and he ain't going nowhere. And it ain't hard to do. It takes nothing. No, no, no. no. It, it's proven. They, no. they will they get up from that. Yep. They'll get up from They expect that. They'll get up but from that. They ain't getting up from a kneecap. Yep, kneecap, eye gouge, instep, throat punch, uh, cupped hand slap over both ears to rupture the eardrums. All of those things or are Or my purse. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go right ahead. Your personal favorite? I want to hear this. My, my personal favorite? You start digging out their eyeballs, they're going to let go. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you remember, I'm the top vicious. of your head is extremely hard, and a headbutt right to the bridge of the nose will stop just about oh, yeah. anybody. Um, so it will I, also do that under uh, the chin. <laughs> yeah. Just Don't ask me how head. I know. 
But what, Don't ask one of, me how I know. One of the things we'll go over in, in the – because the whole Boo Bitches event is going to be a potluck for community. We're yeah. going to commune. And we're going to have a little bit of slumber party, so we're going to, you know, do you know a couple, you know, do some facials. We're going to do some raffles on some cool baskets that people are going to want to pair into and use some stuff right now, whether it be you know a facial thing or nail polish or whatever. But there's also going to be a a representative from Safe Harbor that's going to talk about what they do and how they do it, Um, and we're going to have a time to share stories like what we're sharing. But we're also going to do some self-defense. We're going to do some very quick self-defense study to show here's how you can disable an attacker quickly so you can run. Whether it be something as simple as throwing your purse across the street and running the other direction to, mm-hmm. how, to you know, how to break the bridge of the nose and shove that wonderful hyoid bone right into their brain. But let's oh, yeah. learn how to because one of you has got to walk away and it better be you. So we're well, and that's, real- I think... I think that's the point that we really need to get across to people is women. Now, granted, we, we, we do know that this, it, this crosses gender lines, but we're discussing women yeah. right now. Women need to understand that they are worth saving. Correct. They're yeah. worth mm-hmm. saving. This isn't the 40s and the 50s where you had to be demure. I don't care if you burp, shit, piss, vomit, scratch out eyes, take out kneecaps, put your heel in the, in the top of the foot. I don't care what it is you have to do to protect yourself from somebody who sees your life as so disregarded, for lack of a better way of putting it. Yes, meaningless, um, for their enjoyment only. You have the right to protect yourself by any means possible, and you have an obligation to do so. I want that I want to, to really drum in. You've got an obligation to do that. Mm-hmm. So in that event, just to finish the thought pattern I had, I want if one mm-hmm. of us walks in or any of the Boo Bitches family walks in wearing a Boo Bitch T-shirt, because you know we're going to represent in any investigation, oh, yeah. whether it's in Ireland, London, Virginia, wherever, if one of our crew walks in, every woman there knows there's a safe harbor right there. You can come and talk oh, yeah. to us. You can come uh-huh. and talk with the person. If you're scared or somebody tries some handsy bullshit on a case, you come find us. You pair up with us, and we will protect you. We will stand by you. We will make it stop. Yep. Whether it be we're turning on the lights and we're pointing fingers, or whether we're beating the living crap out of some poor dude, whatever. If somebody gets handsy on you in an investigation situation, and I hate to say it, but we've all been there. We've yep, all yep. been there. If somebody's like, you know, you're, you're doing your thing, and you're hunkered down, and you're in some little tent somewhere in the middle of the woods, and you're trying to get the – and all of a sudden, somebody reaches around and grabs your teddy. Excuse me, what? I didn't give you permission for this. Exactly. So many of us don't want to lose our crew or cause drama or break up our group that we won't say anything. And it, see, can you see, that's just the thing. See, that's just the thing. See, with my team, and there's one in particular on my team, um, he has pretty much dedicated himself as the protector loafer. 
if anybody uh-huh. were to even think about doing something like that, they would be swallowing their teeth and shitting them out before they realized what happened. Yep, Dennis yeah. is the same way. Dennis yeah. is the same. <laughs> See, and that's why, some, that's why he and Dennis not... get along so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, the beauty of it is, I don't know if anyone has caught on to this or not yet, but Gwen and I don't really care about fitting in so, or, about, or about the rest of the paranormal field bowing down to us. We don't care. So if no. somebody decides to do something like that to somebody at an investigation and that person comes up to me and lets me know, First thing I'm going to do is walk up to them when they're right in front of everybody else and say, have you lost your damn mind? And I'm going to call it out me, right there. We don't care if you're signed on with a major network or not. You put your Couldn't hands on hoot. somebody that is there with us. I don't care who you are. I'm calling your sorry ass out. Yep. That's yep. exactly what I want bitches to be a platform to protect. That that was the that was the whole gut feeling I had as I was laying in bed having the thoughts. Of first there was the the fun, and then, and then I thought this could be so much bigger. This can be like you know when the motorcycle crew rides up to pick up the kid who's got to put a cord yeah. in the dad, and all the bikers pile into the courtroom around that child and say, "Try it now." We have some or, of them living in my apartment complex. Love it. If, if we can yep. band together and start a movement of education, of tolerance, of empathy for the women that are coming to us or the people that are coming to us, to stand as a force to be reckoned with. Because we, we have nurses and doctors and lawyers and all kinds of folks that are, are women that investigate. They all come on. We have a network that could be changing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And how women treated, but changing on a national platform how victims are treated, listened to, respected, not degraded. I just want to. But for now, it's just this little event. It's our very first inaugural event. But it's going to get better. More people are going to come and say, hey, this happened to me. This happened to me. And mm-hmm. we're going to say, girl, let us get a cup of tea. Tell me what happened. Exactly right. And that's the and way that's it should be. Movement. Right. Well, for them, to be able to, for, for them to be able to come to talk to to talk to somebody, for, for somebody, for them right. to be able to come to talk to somebody, that's the first big step right there, to have somebody yeah, to actually listen to them. Silence. And for them to break their silence, what they risk or what they feel they're risking when they come and tell you what happened to them, what they feel they're – okay, when I heard Dennis say my rapist's name on the radio show saying he was going to be the next guest, and I told mm. Dennis that's the man who raped me in high school, he said, what? Excuse me. What Dennis could have been like? Oh, poo, poo, poo. Yeah, didn't. Whatever. You know, he's still my guest. So I'm gonna have. He could have not shown solidarity to me in that right. interview. But he well, and you just <laughs> you just brought okay. up a really good point. You just brought up a really good point. Okay. Um, in case people aren't aware, 
Gwen and I are authors, and we write nonfiction. So, mm-hmm. let anybody well, out there be I, I, warned. We have a real <laughs> good platform yeah. about uh, you know a book. You know, surviving the paranormal <laughs> or surviving, surviving the animal. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, you don't. You don't want to be labeled as an as an abuser. Don't abuse, because I will label right. you. Well, this this gentleman proceeded to try to contact me. <gasps> even even did voodoo spells against me. I got a phone call from a Louisiana police department that said that they'd found beef tongues nailed to a tree that had. Uh, there were two of them. One had Dennis and Matt's name. Matt Mazrak had their names. In, and they had been nailed to the tree. But they said, whoever did this was really angry at you because it had your name and 40 iron nails. It killed the tree. Well, oh, yeah. My. Oh, I said, my. Okay. I said, okay. 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 I can tell you, the first thing I want to know is what name did they have on the piece of paper? And they, he had my maiden name. Well, my maiden name isn't known unless I tell you what it is. So he had right. to know me in high school. And then the I know about this, Tracy. Uh huh. <laughs> I was I was contacted. I was contacted when that happened. Mm-hmm. I was. I don't remember right the names of the person that was responsible, but I was contacted when that happened. And I don't know if you know this or not because you did not know me at the time. But I put out a counteract. I actually had several people because uh, many of the the women that I know are voodoo trained and voodoo priestess, and I contacted them immediately. And one of them said, I want you to not worry about this because you're telling the truth. The Orisha that he attempted to contact will breathe through you in a dream, and they'll go right over you because they know what you've done and what you've said is true. But they will come back on him. So let me tell you Uh how it came back. The tree he nailed it to, he thought, was in a forest preserve, just like open land. It ended up the tree he killed was a 400-year-old cypress, (gasps) and it was on private property. So the property owner filed charges against him, and he went to jail briefly for his killing of the 400-year-old cypress tree that he nailed the tongues to. And it was a cypress on top of that. The Orisha you, dealt their duty. <laughs> you so got to love karma. Karma. Karma's a great thing, and sometimes she even lets you watch. So, but when oh, he got out of it, he attempted to contact me through my cousin, who's his best friend, as I mentioned previously. And my cousin called, and he said, so-and-so really wants to talk to you. I said, so-and-so's go rotten hell. I have nothing to say to so-and-so. Well, he he wants to talk to you because this wasn't a rape, and you need to stop saying that it was a rape. And I said, you know what? I don't want to talk to you anymore either. You're my family. For real. But for now, you're dead to me. As long as you're going to stand by so-and-so, I want nothing to do with you. I haven't spoken to my okay. cousin in five years now. Well, good for I you. I was about to say, mm-hmm. it, was, it was around that time, a, a little bit before that, it was around that time. I remember this, and I can't Dennis even remember who it, it was. It, it, would, it would have had to have been Dennis, but he didn't tell me who, and I didn't know you. But yeah, I went to work, I went to work that night and put a counteract out. 
That's that's what he said. So, I have somebody already working on a counter, and my wow. my head her Mari, she she said I don't want you to worry on this because it will be judged and you will not have any repercussions from this. He tried to file you know libel and slander suits. He tried all kinds of things, and nothing stuck. There was no Ain't way slander he could get if it's true. <laughs> well, and that is, and I, you know, and I, when I was contacted by an attorney about this, I wrote back and said, I would be more than happy to disclose my medical records to you because every OBGYN I have ever said, said, what the hell happened to you? I said, so if an OBGYN can see the scarring that happened to me and the fact that I still have a piece of my hymen that's permanently attached to the inside wall of my vagina from the scarring, please, oh. please let me tell you how bad this was. And the attorneys were like, Oh, that said, um, I said, I have documented records for years, every annual pap smear, documented records. Would you like them? Wow. And they all were like, oh, yeah, ma'am. And the cases were dropped. The attorneys wouldn't take the cases. So good. Um, I just think that it's great that this gentleman whose initials were ST might ring a bell. From New Orleans, he was running for mayor of New Orleans at the time he did this. Ended up going to jail. Oh, <laughs> I got you the know, tiniest I, little violin that I'm playing right here. <laughs> playing a real fast. You know, aside aside from the whole karma energy being quite but entertaining. Spells you cast that day, Vanessa. Spells <laughs> <laughs> you cast. But aside from the whole karma, karma energy, what I find in my own little quirky, witchy way, what what I find amusing more than anything, is that out of all trees for him to pick, he picked a cypress. That Just saying. <laughs> Just that saying. Idiot. <laughs> I, think the, I think the only thing worse. Would have been a willow. I gotta say a willow. I think the a only willow. thing would worse would have yeah. been a willow, and I'd have been like, been really dude. taking the cake. That dude would, yes. have, would have woke up with a third eye on his forehead or something. I don't know. But <laughs> 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 now, if we can, if no. we can have that kind of karma for for rapists and abusers, and that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, not only can we work on a witchy and spiritual level to terrorize and scare the hell out of these men and these abusers. But we need our police forces to stand with us. We need our fire departments yes. to stand Because when I was a flight paramedic for a bazillion years, I went through you know, oh, EMT. You. There is no room in them things to work whatsoever, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, had to be, you, had, you couldn't be claustrophobic with you know, flying a tin can at 300 miles an hour with a plane on top of you. But even in EMS, when someone comes and it's a rape victim, I was the only female in my fire department, and the women didn't want to talk to the male firefighters. They didn't even want them in the back of the rig. Exactly. They didn't want them in the And Yeah, I mean, the guys, it's the last person they want to look at. You know, and I said, just just trust me when I tell you. I know I'm not on shift, but if you ever get a rape victim, please just call me in. I will show up in my personal vehicle and ride the rig. Just get me there. Yep. I've done they the did same. Several times. Yeah, you know, just call me in. But 
our fire departments, our, our EMS, our, we, they all, everybody, police, they all need to be more attentive to the victims. Mm-hmm, they need mm-hmm. to protect the victims. Yep. But watch the video of Gabby and the boyfriend. The boyfriend's in the old boy club, and they're yucking it up because she's crazy. Oh, she's crazy. Huh? Laugh, laugh it up. He's a great guy. Now she's dead. Oh. Well, I don't care how, say, how well they, I don't care how well they separated them or what they did, they didn't do enough. You know, well, playing playing devil's advocate, I'm not saying that she was, but let's just say that she was the way that they're they're trying to portray her. Let's just say that she was crazy or needed meds or whatever. I'm not saying that she was, but playing devil's advocate. So what? That doesn't exactly. mean that she deserved to turn up dead. Okay, nope. I would respond to drunk driver calls after they flipped their vehicle. They were out driving drunk, but guess what? I still had to treat and transport them. That was my job. That's right. Bingo. I, I was a paramedic instructor for years, and I always taught my, my paramedics. I heard the guys in my fire department. I'm just going to quote one of them, and it's pretty bad. So pardon the language. If I get another fucking call from this fucking drunk, blah, 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 and I was like, look, he here, sir. I don't care if it's the 70th time that you've gone and picked this man up out of the drunk tank. If they've called 911, your job is to go and respect and transport that patient. If you can't respectfully treat and transport that patient, you can't be in this race. I mean, well, exactly. no, you're right. And I mean, no, it wasn't my favorite type of calls, but the way I looked at it, I only had to transport and treat. I wasn't stuck in the ER for the next 12, 16 hours with them, unlike the poor nurses that were. <laughs> and God bless uh-huh. our ER nurses. You know, I'm telling you. I mean, I, you know, thank gosh, you know, I was not that that person. Uh, years ago when I worked in the hospital and I did rotation, you know, I, worked, I would work the floor or the or ER or the nursing home part. You know, I, I was PRN. Um, but I didn't have to do that anymore. My job was to pick up. Treat, transport, you know, because it was a very rural area. So 30, mm-hmm. 45 minutes tops on the rig, and I was done with them. You know, I couldn't get out that ER fast enough, but I was done with them. You know? <laughs> it's amazing how fast you get out of a cot and get the meds replaced. Woo! But yeah. the, whole, the whole point of that is be respectful. Yeah. Listen to what mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Document everything they tell you. Use quote mm-hmm. marks. Take the time to fill out that run sheet appropriately. Take the time to, if they want to, you know, even if they don't want to press charges, like poor Vanessa, could you at least file this? So if something happens again, it's on file? Can you at least well, track this with me? I don't know how it is in oh. other states, but I know in the state of Virginia, whenever you have a call for service, and you transport, or even if you have a patient refusal and they sign, whenever you fill out that report in that tough book, it is uploaded to the system in the state. So yep. that, that, that report is filed with the state. So there yeah, will my, be a report. The police department here in my city refused to take down any documentation. Now, see, and that's – I'm going to call BS on that, and I'm going to tell you why. Yep. Because as law enforcement with police departments, 
for every call of service that you get, you fill out a basic call of service report. Doesn't mean that somebody was arrested or that anything happened, you didn't have to call EMS. It's a basic call of service report saying, hey, I as officer so-and-so was dispatched to this location for this situation. This is what happened. It was uneventful. I was cleared. It takes oh, yeah. all of no, five my, minutes my to fill it out. A cop. Yeah, my ex-husband is a cop. Of, yeah, it takes all of five yep. minutes to fill out your basic call of service report. So if any of these departments were actually policed and audited by internal affairs, they're going to be hurting. Oh, yeah, yeah. but if your ex-husband that did this to you was a police officer, you were... No, 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 no. I I, I just realized I need to make that very clear. It was not my ex-husband who abused me. Okay. The father of my my son did not. It was uh, a a boyfriend that I met two years after my ex-husband and I split up. Um, But, no, so, I mean, I I know what protocol is because my ex-husband's a cop. But, yes, Mm -hmm. the, the... the uh, town that I live in, I live in a college town, and the town that I lived in, I went to the police department with all of the documentation, the, rec- the, the phone recordings that I had, the messages that I had, the text messages that I had, everything. And they said, till he lays a hand on you, we ain't doing nothing. We can't do nothing. I'm like, you can't yeah. do anything? And they said, nope, and they turned away from me. They could have at least no. done a citizen complaint or something. Oh, you'd now, like to I'm think, gonna, but they weren't going to do gonna it. Fill you in on, I'm going to fill you in on a trick so if anybody's listening and they're in this situation, they know that there's another route. And that is to go directly to your do- local domestic I can't talk, your local domestic violence shelter. When you arrive at the shelter, a caretaker will come and take you in. A social worker will meet with you. If police need to be involved, they will come to the shelter. If you order of restraint, they will get it overnight while you're in shelter because the attorneys that work for the shelter will make that happen. Yep. So and because you went, yeah. And they're not, if you're going to the police and you're not getting help where, that you need, go knock on the door of your, your local shelter. And they're in the yellow pages. They're, you can Google them. They're right there. It's not a hidden location. But they yep, have lots of they have 24-hour staff. They have call lines where you can call in and tell them where you are, and folks like me will come and get you and bring you to the shelter um, where you yeah, will have clothing, most... a bed, food, diapers for your baby, and <clears throat> protection. Well, we get protection in place for you so that you can go back to your home escorted by an officer to get your belongings, your pets, your kid's diaper bag, your car, your purse, and then go back to the shelter. And then the Absolutely. shelter will even help you with finding a new place to be, getting money, gift cards, what have you. Legal services are usually very discounted, if not free. So if sometimes they'll even connect you with uh, they'll connect you with legal aid. Correct. So if you yep. aren't getting the help you need at your local PD, or maybe you're married. To a police officer and he is your abuser mm-hmm. and you know that you're never going to get help because they're all going to band together against you and make you look like you're crazy go to your shelter and ask for help they will help you that's what they do that's all they do 24 hours a day seven days a week always manned on the hotline 
call, get help, get to your shelter. We'll take it from there. And I have to agree with Tracy on this one. I have to agree with Tracy on this one, folks, because if you you go that route, if you're not getting help any other way, if you go that route – there, there will be a paper trail. It has to be a paper trail because most of these shelters receive some type of government funding. So there has to be a paper trail of what is going on, what's coming in, what's going out. So there's Correct. no skirting by of paperwork getting lost or paperwork not being done. You'll find that shelters are most efficient people for getting restraining orders, getting your personal belongings back, filing you for divorce, Whatever it is you need to do, you'll find that it will be done efficiently and quickly because your life may depend on it. Your children's lives may depend on it. Your animals that are in the barn, in the horse barn, or in the house may depend on it. And if that means an arrest gets made because you came in beat half to death, we'll take you to the emergency room and get you treated while our attorneys are filing restraining orders with the judge at 3 in the morning. We will wake up our judges, and we will get a restraining order signed for you. Hey, hey, and ladies, we'll I, ha- I hate to interrupt. I, I've got, I've got to get out of here. <laughs> I went, an, I went an hour and a half, and I only had an hour. Um, so I, I've got, I've got to go. Love y'all. We love okay. you, man. All right, I'll talk to y'all soon. Thank All you. Right. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye, honey. But coming coming back full circle to the Boo Bitches event, there are still, I think, maybe 10 tickets for sale. Um, all proceeds are going to, I mean, every ticket sale, every raffle basket, any money that's made is going directly to Safe Harbor so that we can help these domestic violence survivors to do exactly what we just talked about, get away and create another life. I hope that the women that band together to start to form this core group power in that group and know that they are going to make a big difference. We're going to grow a huge community. And it all started with Jerry's T-shirt. Yep. So we're going to create a community. We're going to create a safe harbor. We're going to create a pathway out. And we're going to help you. And Boo Bitches is going to go international. And it's going to be amazing. We're going to have chapters all over the world of people who are willing to step forward and say, do you need help? And I think it's going to be phenomenal. And it's going to be way bigger than any of us ever have imagined. Because women have to help women. We have to step forward and stop the cycle of violence. And the only way we can do that is we help a sister out. Yeah. Well, I know in our county, I, I can speak for the county that we live in um, only because I helped a friend uh, recently through a domestic violence incident that, like our victim advocates here, take domestic violence very seriously. They take stalking mm-hmm. very seriously. Mary Adderholt, um, she's our victim advocate. She she really listens and she doesn't play around. You know, I've had to call her, she's my victim advocate. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've had to call her a couple of times, you know, and um, I can't speak for every county out there, but I can say our county, 
they don't play around with that stuff. They don't. Even even with the tiniest little thing, I mean, my son's incident was not a domestic violence incident, but it was an incident, and they took care of it real quick. And he's still in jail. Yeah, they caught him. You know, um, not to change that subject, but I just wanted to say I'm glad that our county is on. You know, they they don't mess around with it. You know, I mean, I was caught up in a situation with a friend of mine that was in. I was caught right in the domestic violence. You know, and the sheriff's department had to be called, and they just they did not play around with that situation at all. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, Mary Adderhart talked about stalking because this person, after the domestic violence occurred, that he began stalking. So she had to tell us what to do with that. You know, um, I don't know if y'all's departments have it in your county, but like in our county, um, like our courthouse has cameras throughout, you know, outside in the parking lot. We have a safe area, um, Mm -hmm. you know, where people can meet, where they do exchanges. I don't know if all counties have that. I know ours does, where you can do exchanges. And I'm so glad, you know, that they have that available, you know, because when you're in those types of situations, you know, kids, unfortunately, get torn between two parents a lot of the times. And, um allow for visitation, so you've got to drop those kids off somewhere safe. Yeah, so I'm just glad we have that in place. Yeah. I was actually actually pleasantly uh, surprised, I can't talk, pleasantly surprised um, years ago when the situation happened with my loved one, um, how aggressively Lunenburg County tackled that. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I was, especially after working on one of the police departments within that county, knowing what I knew, witnessing what I had witnessed in the past, um, they aggressively attacked it. Yeah. And good. Mm-hmm. The in, yeah. And the, in, well, they, they really couldn't turn a blind eye to it because of everything that was found on his computer after the arrest was made for, the, for what he was being accused for. And then they found right. stuff on his computer. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, me, knowing the Commonwealth attorney, because he was the same one that was there when I was an officer, I stayed on top of the investigation. I mean, I was the thorn in their side. I'm not even going to lie. I, I, I was there <laughs> calling every day. I was, you know, poking my face in, in his office every opportunity. You know, I, I was there. I mean, you would have thought I was I was heading the investigation, um, but they aggressively attacked it. He went ahead and pled, which saved the other individual, the survivor, saved them from having to testify, which was which was fine. Um, he took the plea because he was actually looking at over two hundred years. Woo! Yeah. They were making they were making an example out of them, which they needed to. Um, the mm-hmm. Commonwealth attorney told me this was the worst case of this kind that he had seen in his practice, and he has been there for quite some time. Um, the victim advocate that the individual had was phenomenal. She did a marvelous job. Um, yeah. So there are some unsung heroes as well they're mm-hmm. just overshadowed by the others who act like they really couldn't care less 
Um, but mm. by taking the plea, he got, I forgot how many years it was. And, of course, in Virginia, they have to serve. It's like 70, 75%. So he will be in his mid to late 70s before he's even eligible for parole. He has been banned from Lunenburg County for the first X amount of years after if he ever makes parole. He cannot own any electronic devices, and he has also been giving a 100-year no-contact order for me, wow. for the victim or survivor, and for all other immediate family members. So if he even as much as walks off the line while going down the corridor in the prison, he violates everything and gets the 200-some years put back above his head. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah. So they, they made an example out of them. Now, mm-hmm. if we can get more judicial systems to do this, to rapists yeah. and abusers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about, like, rape and, and female abuse. I'm talking, like, elder abuse, financial mm-hmm. abuse. Right. If we can get people, right. there's so many forms of abuse that if we can get the oh, judicial yeah. system towing the line, and I think one of the things that has to happen is that there needs to be an advocate group like Boo Bitches that's willing to poke their heads in the offices of the state's attorney and willing to hound police departments to keep them in line and on, on that case. I yeah. think that there needs to be more presence. And, again, I'm talking about, you know, when we have, have people, we have all walks of life and women in paranormal investigation that are lawyers and and judges and such that during by day, these ladies come on board and get powered up by this. They're going to start taking a stance and these things are going to happen. People are going to get the punishment for the crimes that they've committed. They're not going to get like that young man so many years ago that yeah, was yeah. the swimmer that raped mm-hmm. that girl by the doctor. And then he got off with a slap on the hand because he was a cute little white boy. Yeah. 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 Now, more of these offenders need to be made need to be made examples of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. and I think the, the crimes need the punishment for the crime needs to be more severe. You know, if you rape a I child, mean, you lose your dick. You rape a well, woman, in my you, you in my unit. yeah, <laughs> in, in my personal opinion, with what happened in our situation that I am familiar with, um, penalty should have been death. Yeah, it was that bad. What yeah. happened was go, that brutal. Back, you know what? If you're going to rape a woman, I, you, you should be shot. You should just be removed from, from the gene pool. You should just oh, be shot. There's and no rehabilitating anybody that does. Right. Yeah, there, there's, there's no rehabilitating anybody that does something like that, especially if they do something like that towards mm-hmm. children. There's mm-hmm. no rehabilitating that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Then when you find out that they had other stuff other places, Mm-hmm. And you question why yeah. they're out. <laughs> well, exactly. I'm sitting here with Tyler, and Tyler is a computer genius. And one of the things that he has as a side hobby is he finds and stalks and turns into the FBI child pornography. Oh. He, if, if men are involved in child pornography, he finds them. Someone will clue him in. He'll find them in a chat room or a web server and do whatever magic he does until there's enough evidence for him to turn that over to the FBI for these men to be arrested. This is a side hobby for him. That's amazing. I think, I think it's amazing what mm-hmm. he does. 
How many have yeah. you caught so far, Tyler? Uh, recently or over my lifetime? Over your lifetime. How many men have you seen go down? I've never, I don't actually see them go down, but at least 30. 30 so far today. Wow. Bravo. 30 predators are, are now dying being child predators because of him. That's amazing. And, um, I, servers I, I thank him. him. He's right I thank him. Thank you so much. If more, yeah. if more men like him with those with those skills stepped up and started cyber hunting these people, there's so many, there's more, more criminals than there are people doing it. But again, men stand up for your women, stand up for, you know, the, the girls that reach out to him on the server to say, this dude sent me dick pics. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Did you want those dick pics? <laughs> no? Let me handle that for you. <laughs> From installing mm-hmm. malware on their computers to completely obliterate their computers and all of their systems and wipe out their accounts to turning it into the guy and having them arrested. I mean, he he does whatever fits the crime. That's and brilliant. Stand up for the women that come to you and say, this is happening to me. There's ways you can help. Use your skill. You know, it's just Absolutely. But more people need to stand up and make this a forefront and I, you know, I do hate to keep coming back to Gabby, but I think her situation has now brought up a whole other Me Too event. You know, it's brought it back into the limelight that this stuff. Still what happening. I'm and afraid of. What I'm afraid of is yes, maybe it has, but for how long? You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of you know? like to say it. We were all Americans. We were all brought together by terrorism. We were all great for about two years, and now here we are, separated as a country hating each other, hating immigrants, hating the blacks, hating the Mexicans, doing what, you know what, it only lasts for a short time, but every single time it can blip on the radar, if we can blow it up, we'll blow it up every time it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, a movement is only as good as people's attention. Um, exactly. Infancy, once it becomes weaponized. Yeah. Tyler says it's only good as, in its infancy, because once it becomes weaponized, then, you know, no, no, it, 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 no, I totally get it. Totally get what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's absolutely use the skills you've got, gentlemen, whether it be just putting your arm around somebody and walking her out of the bar safely to, you know, and that would just be a hey, can just just act like you are my best friend's little sister and walk out the door with me. And we're going to go right out here. The police are already waiting. To, if you're a bartender and you're paying attention and somebody orders that one special cocktail, I don't even remember what it's called, the pink flame, I don't even know what it is, but it's some drink that they don't make, but if you say it, it's the code word. Or to the people who go around and hang up posters in the bathroom that say, if you're not safe at home, please call this number. To the people on the other end of that number, we all have a part to play in this to make it stop. And it might be Absolutely. one woman at a time, but it's one woman at a time that gets away and like Vanessa said, grows a you know a pair of brass balls, survives, and goes yeah. on to do bigger, mm-hmm. better things. And what once also they realize- what what I, what I was going to say is what I want people to realize too. A lot of times when they hear us talk about stuff like this, they immediately think about the grown people involved. There's children that are involved mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. There's children that are watching this. There's children that become 
innocent bystanders that are that, that become victims. I have responded to calls where he returned home because he found out she was leaving. The most dangerous time for a battered woman in her life is when she's trying to leave, making mm-hmm. her escape. I have responded to calls where we got there, the police got there, and we get there, and we have found her in the house, dead, children in the yard, dead. Yep. And then he was found later on self-inflicted gunshot wound. Happens all and time. my first thought is, you son of a bitch, why couldn't you just take yourself out? You know? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you just take control. yourself out? But it's about I, the control. You, yep, if I can't have you, nobody will. It's all about control. And if I can't control but, you, then I'm just going to kill you. We have yep, been on the calls that we get there and the, the kid, so... If it gets to the point that you're not, it's not even about, it gets to the point, especially when you have children, it's not even about you anymore. It's about your kids. Get your kids out of there. Like I said earlier, I want women to fight back like they're protecting their own children. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Get out. Let that rage. Get out. Hit him with the skillet. Like they said in that movie, Medea, the, the grits are on the stove, baby, and they're hot. <laughs> Even if you don't have kids, even if you don't have kids, you got you got nieces and nephews. Kids, just like animals, man, they're intuitive. They know when something's wrong, and that they 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 feel that energy. They do, and it's not good. No, nope. you don't There's want your niece or nephew to happen to be at your house visiting one day, or your grandkid to happen to be visiting at your house one day, and something goes wrong. And now they're at the wrong place at the wrong time. The neighbor's kid that you're babysitting, your your best friend's kid that you're babysitting, you mm-hmm. don't want them to be at the wrong place at the wrong time and something goes down. And it happens a lot. I can't tell you how many women I had in the emergency room where we were also treating the children for injuries because they tried to break up the fight and daddy broke their arm. Yep. You know, yes. It's insane. It's absolutely insane, but it's a pattern that needs to be broken, and they can't break the pattern if they Mm-mm. don't know how to get out of it. But we teach women in the shelters about if you're, if you're going to make a plan, you make a plan, and you start months in advance. You start siphoning oh, yeah. money. You start taking your valuables little bit by little bit, the things that he'll destroy, like your photo albums or the, your wedding mm-hmm. dress. Or what, you start slowly siphoning them out of the house and into, you know, into your friend's basement. That's going to be I would tell them. women to make a plan of action. We make yep. a plan with them, and we work with them at the shelter to make this plan all the way down to having your overnight bag with your personal supplies locked in the trunk of your car. And the night you're mm-hmm. going to leave, you know, you know he leaves for work or he gets home at 5 and you've got to be gone by 4. You have your car packed. You have the gas loaded. You have everything that has already been siphoned out of the house. You know exactly where you're going. You shut your phones off. You leave mm-hmm. the leave your phone. Leave it at the house. Don't even take yep. it with you. Take cash only. Do not take a credit card. It's traceable. We teach them how to leave. That's another service yep. of your shelter. We will help you make a plan, and then we will help you get that plan completed. Because if we know you're leaving at 4 o'clock, I can guarantee you one of our staff members will be sitting in a parked car on your street watching you leave. 
the police department will be notified of the events that are about to happen. You will be watched and protected. And if he shows up at 3.30 and you're supposed to leave at 4, guess what? We're at the door. Ding dong. Hi, I'm your local Avon lady. Mm-hmm. Would you like to talk about lipstick? <laughs> we'll get you out. We'll get you out. <laughs> One way or the other, we'll get yep. you out. But you have I to would... make that plan of action with us. It needs to be something that you're taking care of over a couple of months. And it's not something yep. you discuss with your mother-in-law. It's not something that you tell nope. your the church. You don't tell anybody but your counselor at the, at the shelter. And you don't even tell your kids. You make it look like you're going to just Mm-mm. run to the grocery store right quick. Just go pick up something because you forgot the green pepper for your chili. And you just go run to the store right quick. Leave. I would and tell people all the time, I said, when you go to start stifling things out little by little, don't worry about the replaceables, like you're talking no. about the cell phone and stuff like that. You have a photo album of your grandparents. Okay, take that. You know, yep. clothes, stuff like that's replaceable. If you want to take a, a if, if 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 you want to take a duffel bag with a few change of clothes in it, naturally, okay, you know, yes, of course. But you don't right. need to take your whole closet. No, nope. okay? only you, you don't don't need it. Socks and exactly. And it, you don't need it. Just think about what would, what would you grab if your house was on fire? That's exactly. What, you're going to take. what are you going to grab if your house is on fire? You're going to grab, you know, your backpack that has your passport, your cash, your mm-hmm. insurance paper, your car keys, your purse, and your kids. Get the hell out. Exactly. And if you get a chance to grab that stuff, grab your kids and get the hell out. <laughs> Exactly. But, Everything else, it, like you're talking about, the cards, the bank cards, the credit cards, that's replaceable. Don't yeah, even get, get your cash. There. Yep, get your cash. If you have some family heirlooms, like I was talking about, some photo albums, stuff, I, I can see you grabbing that stuff. That's totally, I, I get that. Everything else, you don't need to be packing up your hair dryer, your, your facial creams. You, you don't need all that. You That's nope. replaceable. Yep. But it's amazing what people think is important in a moment of panic. I know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's, there's a whole, unless you're going to TV the house on your way out, leave it on the road. <laughs> We're going to build a pyramid, <laughs> kids. <laughs> exactly. Grab the soda pot. But, uh, if, you're, if you need help, help is available. And Boo Bitches is going to become a platform where we're going to be able to start helping women find an exit pattern. Whether it be somebody comes up to us at an event and says, this happened to me, and he's here tonight, and I'm really scared, we stand by them. Or it's, um, I need to get out of my house and I don't know how to do it. What, what do you guys know about this? Well, let's immediately Google your local shelter. Let's get you on the phone with their hotline. Do you need a ride to the shelter? Do you need to do this now? How can mm-hmm. you help? And I think that's the platform that we've just created. We're starting with one simple paranormal investigation. We are, we're going to create a platform for change, for support, and for help. And also, too, there's a huge advantage now versus just 15, 20, 25 years ago. And mm-hmm. although... It has been a disadvantage in some areas. It's an advantage as well, and that's, again, 
technology, when you're talking about Googling, things can get mm-hmm. done so much quicker. There's more resources now all by just jumping on the keyboard, getting on your cell phone, you know, typing stuff in. Mm-hmm. There's so if, much if more available. This, if you do search this stuff and he checks your computer and your phone, just delete your search profile when you're done. Yep. And Taylor, Tyler just said, excuse me, Taylor, Tyler, he just said, go in incognito mode. Yep, incognito. Yep. Yep. Incognito. Click on the incognito, private, and search Mm -hmm. it there. But clear your browser history once you've written the piece of, you've written the phone number down or memorized it. We always tell them, memorize it. Memorize the number to your local shelter. And... You know, if you have to write that piece of paper, this is a really silly thing. Don't put it in your wallet. Still check there, Mm-mm. too. Take the lining out of your shoe. Put the piece of paper in your shoe. Put your insole back in your shoe and put the shoe on your foot. Yep. You will always have the number with you at the restaurant, in your backyard, at an investigation. No matter where they might tr- choose to make their move, you have the number safely on your person and you can call it and we will help you. That's what they do. So we start with safe haven and we move to different locations around the United States and every time we move to a different location we look up who's the shelter in that area and that's where our proceeds will go to. That's who we will donate to. Boo bitches will never make a dime. This will never be a money-happening opportunity. We'll probably end up spending money to be able to rent locations or make T-shirts or have advertising, except for Gwen because she does great advertising and she's done it for free. Thank you again for all of that. But <laughs> oh, shoot. No, my my pleasure. Boo Bitches will never be a group that has a bank because all of, our, all of the proceeds we make will be donated to the local shelter in the town for which we're having an event. That's that's where I feel about it, and I'm hoping the rest of the group will be in agreement with that as we grow. Yep. Because I, I, I think agree. that's important. That we are absolutely a non for profit. I mean, I think the most we can apply for is to to have tax credit as a non for profit. Yeah. But all of the money that we make needs to go into servicing the people in the community that need access to services and to be able to get out of situations that they found themselves in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, and it, it, it always has to start. It's got to start somewhere. And with Grass the event right. coming up in, you know, in April, I think it's going to be a really good start. Um, a lot of people have shown interest in it. And with Safe Harbor um, able to accept the donations and um, people able to go on Amazon and per- make purchases of what the shelter actually needs, um, mm-hmm. again, technology I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's a phenomenal way to you know show support. And if yep. folks who are listening can't attend the event and they want to support it, if you go to the um, Boo Bitches Against Paranormal uh, uh, Boo Bitches Paranormal Against Domestic Against Domestic Violence web uh, Facebook page, um, Jerry's posted the link to Safe Harbor. So again, just click on the link and go to their how you can donate. How can I help? And if you are not a computer person and you don't have that availability, call the shelter. 
the phone number is on our webpage on Facebook. Let's call the shelter and say, how can I help? I want to, I want to donate because of, of the Boobich's paranormal investigation. How can I help you? They'll tell you. Mm-hmm. They'll take the money. And if you need a receipt for tax purposes, they'll generate a receipt for you as well. At least that's what I understood from Jerry. Is that true? Is that yeah. true? Yeah. yeah. Okay. They'll generate so a receipt for you. Like, yeah. If you own a company and you've got $10,000 to donate, well, we'll get you a tax receipt for that so that you can deduct it off your taxes for your donation. Mm-hmm. As it a matter of fact, I think when you do the donation, it gives you the option of print and receipt. So it generates it and prints it, or right. you print it. Then people get it right so, there. Okay. So, so it's very, very user-friendly. Okay. You know, okay. and shelters cool. are always You're in need of stuff. stuff. With the post, because I know you do this live on Facebook when you're doing this. So mm-hmm. in your live, you can put the link to the shelter on the you know, attached to this live broadcast. That would be awesome. Yeah. Because you have yep. a lot of people that may that. not be listening on the day, but they listen later when they're awake and they're you know not you know they're home from work or whatnot. Um, that they might want to you know jump on the wagon with us and help us out. If you have people who right. want to create donate a gift basket to the event for us to raffle off. Um, I was thinking that something, if we got enough of them, we might do an internet raffle. Right. You know, we'll just, we can internet raffle them off for the shelter and I'll pay postage and mail stuff. No big deal. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we're working on a few things from um, Perfect Trust Productions. Um, as far as uh, gifts and stuff like that, but but you know we'll discuss all of that later. <laughs> yeah, I'm but. going. I'm going to um, hop off, ladies. I have to be up at four o'clock in the morning because we have another truck yeah. coming in the morning to unload. So, yeah, another fifty-three <laughs> foot trailer. Yay us! Um, <laughs> but uh, well, thanks for joining I want to. I, I want to thank you, ladies, um, for including us. Uh, on this venture and for having us on tonight. Um, I know Vanessa had to abruptly hop off, but she doesn't have much much more time with, with her boy before he gets shipped away. So um, I uh, want to, on behalf of Vanessa and I, thank you ladies so much for including us on this venture. And we are looking forward to uh, a successful fundraiser and seeing everybody in go. April. So yeah. excited to meet you. Yeah. Person. And you better bring me an autographed copy of your book, please. Oh, yes, yes, I will, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I would be able to be like, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, it ain't all that. It ain't all that. I'm not even a bag of chips. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even a halfway inflated bag of chips. So, you know, I'm the little crumbs remember, in the bottom. Remember we were just talking about we need to know our worth? Yeah. <laughs> you are all that yeah. and a friendship, honey. <laughs> oh, thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all. It it was the the book was a uh, a labor of love. It took me five years of picking it up, putting it down, picking it up, putting it down. So it was and and some researching because I was trying to find matches to some of the ones I was speaking of in the book and. After I completed the book, I found more information on one that I already knew who who they were, 
And then somebody came forward um, after I released the book trailer identifying possibly who the boy in the lake was. Um, They saw the book trailer and was like, "Uh, I heard you say something about the boy in the lake. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, you know, this, 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 and this. And I'm like, no, I did not know that. Now you know. (laughs) And then another entity that I discussed in the book, I think I finally – finally might know who he is. So there will be a follow-up book later on down the road once I identify <laughs> all of these entities. Yes. Nice. Yeah, so I got my work cut out for me. <laughs> yes, you do. You mean more than just a book and a 53-foot trailer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just unloaded a trailer today. Our trailers usually have... 15 to 1,700 pieces. This one had around 2,500-ish pieces on oh, it today. Wow. wow. Yeah, so I'm a little whooped. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Wait, time for yeah. the hot bath. <laughs> yes. Yes, Epsom salt oh, my best friend. Mm-hmm. You get some rest. And now if you had some of Jerry's oils, you could put them in the tub. I know, right? Yeah. I know my... I know, no, my goofy ass, I'd slip up and bust my ass, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to take a gift basket that has a non-slip tub mat, mysterious oils, bags of Epsom salts, and we're going to call it the Gwen's. Well, oh, I, have a non, I have a non-slip mat in my tub, but I'm just that special. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, well, you ladies have a great night. Thank y'all Thank for everything. Thank you. Oh. Many blessings. All right, y'all. You, you too, honey. Y'all have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. Oh, we got Jerry. about two minutes. We're going to be That's kicked right. off in two Cheetos minutes. Things. We got some Yeah, bring Cheetos. <laughs> bring the Cheetos. I'm so about that. I'm gonna. We're gonna have so much fun at this event. I mm-hmm. I can hardly wait. I'm so excited. I know, and it's well, for such a good cause. Thank you. Thank you so much for all the work you did for getting the shelter on board. I know that was a lot of time and effort, and it was it's very valuable time. And I really appreciate what you did. And oh, I'm going to be worth able every, to it's get, worth every minute. And. Um, going to be able to start getting some information on the BB at Cabin on 360 page uh, for hotels and, and whatnot, because I know there's a few folks that are like, no, nah, I'm not staying in that building. <laughs> and I hope right. you, if you don't want to stay, right. stay. But uh, we'll get some more information up on the BB at Cabin on 360 page, which is for the people who will be attending the event. So if you are attending the event listening to this, please look that page up on Facebook and, and add yourself into that group. Because uh, I'm not friends with everybody on that, so I can't add yeah. the friends. So if you're friends with any of the people who bought tickets, um, like your mama and your sister, whatever, add them yeah. to that group and get those, we'll start getting people yeah. in because I don't know yeah. them. So I know, I know Vanessa and Gwen know a lot of them, so maybe they can add people in on yeah. that page, uh, write them in, and then we'll start putting yeah. out information gonna, as we get closer. We will. We're going to be kicked off, so we got less than 20 seconds. <laughs> I love you. So Bye. Gotta... <laughs> love you too. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> oh, anytime you need love me, you I would love. I love talking to you. Bye, sweetheart. All right. Bye. Gotta hang up. Don't forget. <laughs>